Hey, it's Andrew. I'm back. I'm alive. I hope you are too. And this is Playtime. But this is not going to be called Playtime anymore. This is going to be called Playful Parenting. And I have a feeling I'll uh, get a feel for whatever this intro is going to be later on. But I wanted to start by saying um, for those of you who wrote in when I said I was done with the show a year ago... Thank you. I didn't respond to everything that I would have liked to. I kind of just put everything to the side for a bit. And I think a big reason for that is because I'm a dad now. And I found out that I was going to be a dad, or I found out I was going to hopefully be a dad uh, last spring. And I now have a beautiful baby daughter. Her name is Eden. She's a delight. She's about five months old at this point. And... Taking on the adventure of parenting has made me realize that I would like to shift the focus of this podcast. I think a lot of the first season, which had to do with being a therapist, probably first and foremost, and then being a teacher or a parent or whoever else after that, and some episodes were more geared to one group of people than others, but it was a little bit therapy-based, or maybe mostly therapy-based. I don't know. If you've been listening to this podcast, you would know better than I would, but at this point, the new container that I want to do is one for parents, and... I think in the period of time since I started doing this work and working with children, I started working with children in, gosh, I guess 2010, 2009, and started working with them as a therapist in 2015. And I think the culture around parenting has changed rapidly in a more child-centered and child-respectful direction. Like, even if you're looking in, say, the New York Times or some other place that's talking about parenting or all of the parenting podcasts and TikToks and everything else there is right now, so much of it is rooted in respecting a child's emotions and honoring their internal world and giving them space to work through their struggle and reflecting their feelings back to them and giving them choices in various situations and increased calls for autonomy in children's lives. I mean, not all of the parenting, say, advice is geared in that direction, but a whole hell of a lot of it is. And I don't think that that was the case even, say, like seven years ago. When I first started doing this podcast... I wanted to talk to therapists, but I also felt to pull that, you know, some of these child-centered principles make sense from a parenting perspective as well. And that it's not like I was the first person to consider that, but it felt worth saying. And at this point, a lot of people are saying it, and you can get a lot of child-centered advice. And on the whole... That's probably a beautiful thing, at least from my perspective, right? If we're trying to live in a more emotionally respectful world, and that is bleeding into the way that we parent. But there's something else going on, too. And there's something my dad said to me when uh, he came to visit me for the first time we had Eden. That's our baby's name. And he mentioned how there was some, like... I can't even remember what the thing was. It'd be more fun if I knew what the thing was. But there was some difference between what my wife and I were doing with the baby and what my mother did when I was a baby. And he named that. It was strange to him, but he understood it, that for us and for even for my parents when they were raising me, that you 
had an emphasis on doing things differently than the way that your parents did them. The way that you were deciding to do something likely came from a book or just the culture of the time or you feeling pulled to do something differently. I mean, the number of parents who come into my office and name that they want to do things differently than the way that their parents did things vastly outweighs by a wide margin the number of parents who say, I'm trying to emulate what my parents did with me when I was a kid. And I'm not saying any of that to try to shit on parents. I'm really not. I'm just trying to name the impulse in not all of us, but a lot of us to do things differently than the way that our parents did, to have a different orientation towards what we were doing, to respond differently in different situations, to have a different ethos about our parenting than the way that our parents parented. And I want to name how remarkable that is because I imagine, and maybe this isn't true, but I imagine that for the vast majority of human history, that the way that you learned how to parent and raise your children was from your parents. That would be the only place that you would go to have to learn it, and you maybe didn't have a radically different way that you were going to do it than the way that your parents did. Maybe the point that we're at in history isn't entirely new, but I name all of it to say that first, there is some really interesting, beautiful impulse that is compelling all of us to be more, or a lot of us, to be more emotionally respectful with children and to raise them in a more emotionally respectful way. And I believe that that impulse is coming from something really important in terms of our evolution as a species. I'm not trying to talk about any kind of individual family. I just, I just think that this impulse that we're feeling means something and is going to change all of us in a way that's hopefully going to be very valuable for us. That point is probably the most important point of all. But the second point is that... You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably going trying to do something a little bit differently than the way it was done with you when you were a kid, or differently than your, say, initial impulses to parent come from, that you, you're called to do something a little bit differently. But it's important to name that what that means is that none of us have really done this before. There's a lot of so-called experts in this field, and I've masqueraded as one of them myself, who have all these different ideas and strategies and so forth for this more child-respectful parenting. And I, it's not that there aren't tools and techniques that can be useful. And I'm not even trying to necessarily shit on tools and techniques necessarily. What I'm trying to say is that we're trying to figure it out together. How do we do this more child-respectful parenting thing? How do I invest myself in my child's emotional experience and try to support them through their emotional experiences instead of punishing them in the same way, instead of asking for submission or obedience in the same way, while also having boundaries, while also not feeling responsible every freaking moment for my child's emotional well-being? How do I give them that kind of autonomy? But not so much autonomy because they still have to listen to me and they still have to respect me. How do I set up a home that feels cooperative when it's just inherent in my home that there is a hierarchy? That I'm the parent and they're the child and there are times when I just need them to listen to what I'm saying and do what I'm asking them to do. While at the same time, I'm trying to make space for their emotional complexity as a person. I'm trying to adjust and accommodate when they're struggling, but I also don't want their emotional state to run my life, to run my house, to run my own emotional experience. What I'm trying to say is that this shit is hard and it's complicated and we're all doing it for the first time and we're all trying to figure it out on the fly and a lot of us are doing it in some level of isolation 
in terms of your home is its own sort of unit, and it can be isolated from other people in that sense. Even though it's hard, and even though I'm not going to pretend that being respectful of your children's emotions and being a witness for them and making space for them and figuring out all of this stuff and giving them more autonomy, like I think it can produce really beautiful results. I'm not going to say that it's, say, like more efficient in terms of any kind of behavior and that sort of a thing. I think it can be. It doesn't mean it always is. And every family is so unique. And I think that every family's path is so unique. Every child is their own unique individual. Every parent is their own unique individual. And I think that what works for one family as an authentic expression of that family might not work for another family. I don't think there is any blanket advice for all of these things. If we're allowing a more dynamic emotional experience into our homes, right? If we're not trying to go with this sort of punishment, submission, consequence, old-fashioned parenting system, then we're allowing for a little bit more dynamism in our homes. Then we're allowing for those emotions to shape our homes to some degree. Then we're allowing for people's individual selves to have more space to have more freedom to have more witnessing and then to really shape the culture of a home in a different kind of way and that goes for children and i think that then that has to go for parents as well that one works for one set of parents doesn't work for another i've only got a baby right now right so all my examples are going to be baby centered and that'll change as this podcast evolves which is will be a cool part of it but I'm not a very scheduled person myself. I can't really hold myself to any sort of routine. And in general, that kind of serves me. It, uh, you know, I get to go with the flow a lot of the time with where I'm at. So we don't have a bedtime for our daughter. She just kind of sleeps when she's tired. I mean, she's five months old. That could change at some point if that feels like something she needs or something that's something that we need. But at the moment, it's like, yeah, she falls asleep between sometime X time and X time. And that works for us. We don't have any sort of uh, battles over sleep or that sort of a thing. And we have the privilege of having a schedule at the moment that can accommodate that level of flexibility. We can sleep in a little bit if we need to. I know other families who have a really tight schedule sleeping-wise with their kids, but that works for them. They're scheduled people. They're on a schedule. Their schedule is really full. They need things to happen at certain times. Their kids like had a little bit of trouble adjusting to that and then did adjust to that. That's what works for their family. That's what it looks like when their family is functioning. And these are very small examples, but I name it to say that an intention of mine with this podcast is to help explore different things in parenting in a way that explores all the different sides of an issue that can maybe help you as a parent find yourself around these various topics, explore different topics that come up in this podcast for yourself, and not with the intention of like, oh, then you'll agree with me when I when you're done listening, but that maybe you've had the opportunity to explore your own experience with that thing, to come to your own conclusions around that thing, and then to feel the freedom and flexibility to experiment a little bit if it feels like it's worth experimenting. Not necessarily even when something is going bad or when there are struggles, right? A lot of parenting things are oriented around the struggle of parenting, and that makes sense if you're someone who's looking for content around parenting that's often maybe more likely if things are a struggle rather than if things are just kind of flowing along and going all right. But 
it's worth focusing on all the different areas of parenting. Parenting is such a beautiful and unique and crazy experience. And it all happens so fast. And it all happens with, say, in some cases, less energy and less time. And if this podcast can even be a place to really think about parenting in a different kind of way, to experience different aspects of parenting in a new way, a place to um, allow new ideas to germinate and grow, and a chance to reflect on your own relationship to parenting, then this podcast would be a success. And the name of this podcast is Playful Parenting because the dream for me in all of this is that parenting can also get a little bit serious sometimes. And there's definitely some sort of older school ways of thinking about the, you know, quote unquote, correct way to parent where it's like, okay, you're consistent and there's a schedule and everything is laid out in a particular kind of way. And you know, you can go to therapists. Now, hell, I've said these things to parents before where it's like, yeah, I think if you, if you have this standard, you've got to be consistent with it. But there can be like a little rigidity to that consistency at times. And the idea of the, the playful and playful parenting is the in play, there is this looseness to things. In play, there is this space where you can change roles in an instance, change what someone's doing in an instance. Someone could die, someone could come back to life, new characters come in, everything is suddenly swapped. Like there's a there's a fluidity to that play space and a flexibility that invites a high level of creativity, right? Because anything could be created or erased in a second. And I think I hope for all families, as we're all figuring this parenting thing out for ourselves, creating the unique culture of our own families, right? If, if, we're, if what we're naming is that we're trying to do something a little bit different, then we are creating a unique culture, and it's going to be our own. And to find it, if, it is, if you, the culture of your family is a unique thing that is your own, the best way to find it is from a playful space. It's from a place of being able to experiment. It's from a place of being able to try something new for a period of time and then discard it. From a place of being able to approach things from a different perspective today because why not? which I hope is a contrast in the, you know, the category of parent content. And there's a lot of great parent content out there, right? I'm not just trying to, like, shit on everybody else and say that I'm doing something that's better or different. Well, I'm also trying to name, I think, what could make what I'm doing worth your time and unique-ish. But I also, I want to say there's lots of good parenting content out there. But at least for me, when I consume parenting content, here's an example. I've consumed a lot of attachment parenting content because I'm a therapist and I have to do that because to be familiar with attachment parenting because it's like, you know, a great lens for looking at sort of the uh, emotional health and safety that a child is experiencing and, you know, honoring their need for connection and blah, 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 blah. And like, what is healthy attachment? Like, it's all really interesting stuff. But as a consequence, you know, when my baby cries, when Eden cries, I can like really be all up in her business relatively quickly to try to solve whatever is uh, the problem. And I think a lot of the time that's great. 
you know, I, uh, I let her know that I'm available and I'm really close to her very quickly, but there are times when she's upset and I'm like, what's wrong? You know, I keep like, I'm holding her and I'm moving her around and I'm dancing with her and I'm playing with her and I'm trying to do all the things. And then I just like, oh my God, I'm going to reset. And I set her down like a seat or on a changing table or something. And she's just freaking fine. She's fine. And she actually needed a little bit of space at that point. I was overwhelming her. If I was just present in the situation, which then I was on later occasions when I recognized that sometimes she just needed a little bit of space, I can start to recognize, oh, I think that she actually needs some autonomy right now. I think I'm a little bit too up in her business right now. I think she's overwhelmed by my energy right now. And I was bringing in that energy because I was trying to be the kind of ideal parent from an attachment parenting perspective. And so I name all of that to say that at least in my relationship with taking in parenting content, as a parent myself now, I don't always know how to hold it. Sometimes I take it a little bit too seriously. Sometimes it becomes a bunch of stuff on a checklist that I have to, that I have to do or I have to embody in a certain kind of situation. And I get the impression that if I was doing all of these things right, click, 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 check, 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 that things would be ideal, that there is actually some ideal family, or I could be an ideal dad and fit a certain kind of mold or a certain kind of model. But the real truth is, is that I have to find for myself what is my best self as a dad, what is my best self as a person, and what is my best self as a dad in that role. And me finding that is also in direct relationship to my daughter, who is her own unique individual. And in the interplay between us, through me being more attuned, say, for me, like, just being present in a particular moment and throwing all that kind of parenting garbage out the window, it's not garbage. But in that moment inside, it is kind of garbage because I'm connecting with the parenting content in a moment instead of with my child. Because in those moments when I think that, like, I just need to be comforting my baby in a particular kind of way, I could say, be like, oh, I'm not quite getting this right. And then there's putting pressure on the self to meet that standard. And I'm, I'm naming all these things for myself because, uh, you know, I don't actually really want to use the examples of parents that I, that I work with necessarily. I think that's kind of a violation of their privacy. I, I do versions of that sometimes, but especially when I have a story that's so close to home, it's like I might as well share it about me. But I name all that also to say this is kind of a universal-ish thing. With, this, with parenting advice. The amount of people that I see who have read so many books, so many beautiful, great books, have listened to so many podcasts, have, you know, gone to parenting groups and, and all these different kinds of things, have all this information. But is the information helping? Sometimes it's not helping. So this podcast is I trying to be not adding to that pile of pressure, but it's hoping for something a little bit lighter, which is hoping for something a little bit more playful, which is hoping for something that honors the complexity of parenting, honors the uniqueness, every own person's unique journey with parenting, honors the unique culture and intention and ethos behind each home, honors the uh, that people's time looks really different, how much you have to give looks really different, how much, I mean, there, there's so much that goes into the culture of a home. And that's not even taking into account the individual personalities of everybody involved. 
So if all that sounds interesting to you, this will probably look pretty similar to how Playtime looked. Episodes will come out every so often. I could say weekly-ish, but who knows if that'll happen or not. This is a new endeavor for me. I've, I've got my job. I'm a dad. I'll do episodes when impetus strikes, but it has a couple times. So I was like, hey, I might as well get started again. If it's your first time here, welcome. If uh, you've been here before, it is glorious to grace the inside of your ear holes again. You can find my content at barnettchildtherapy.com, including the Child Centered Children's Book series, and yeah, I'll catch you next time.